Good morning and welcome to the Fatherhood Experience Podcast. And I realized this would be a very, very awkward introduction for those of you who are listening at night. So, uh, whenever you're listening to this great day, welcome to the Fatherhood Experience Podcast. Today, I want to talk about bedtime stories. One bedtime stories is part of the history of my upbringing as some of my earliest memories are the bedtime stories that my mom would tell me. Some are funny memories where she would tell me stories as she was falling asleep and the story would start to morph on its own and basically not be as coherent as I remembered. There's a story of the caterpillar and the bird, the bird and the caterpillar, and the bird would hang out with the caterpillar all day long. And, and now looking back, it's kind of weird because I think birds eat caterpillars, but whatever. So the bird and the caterpillar would hang out on the branch. And one day the caterpillar disappeared and its place was a chrysalis or a cocoon and the bird got sad because he couldn't find his friend and then of course the bird uh, was looking at the cocoon and as it shook and shimmied and it broke open and out came a beautiful pigeon imagine that so my mom was so sleepy that the story turned into a pigeon bursting out of the cocoon instead of a butterfly and it did the quite quite the opposite of what it intended to do instead of putting me to sleep I uh, ended up cracking up and woke up just a little bit more that's one memory of bedtime stories from my childhood another memory that I have are the types of stories my mom would tell me are about saints stories so Roman Catholic saints and my family's lineage so she would tell me about my great-grandfather my grandfather and the sacrifices that they have made throughout life that brought us to the life that we had today and I remember how much of an impression they made on me as a child because my heroes were my families or my family members my great-grandfather my grandfather and um, all the the moral compass that my mom was forming in my heart was based on people that I could relate to so instead of just praying to saints which I we also did um, instead of just using saints as models for living godly lives we had our own lineage our own flesh and blood as examples of sacrifice as examples of making the right decision um, as examples of foregoing instant pleasure for the sake of future generations so I was able to extrapolate my decisions to future generations and I think that has really formed my style of fatherhood 
because it is very extrapolative. I think about things in the future, like how my decision right now is going to affect my child in the future. How is this decision or how are my next actions that I'm about to take going to affect the way that my son thinks when he's an adult? And a huge part of that, I believe, is the stories that I heard of my grandparents, my great-grandparents, that my mom told me when we were growing up. So now, bedtime stories are not just for kids. I use bedtime stories to fall asleep as well. As, a, as an adult and as a child, basically for as long as I remember, I have always had trouble falling asleep. And I've tried many different strategies to try to fall asleep. And the biggest part of it really is stress management. So that's one of them. I have to find something to think about that won't cause me more stress. And I have to find something to think about that will actually disengage my brain. So I remember when I was younger, um, one, my mom used to tell me bedtime stories. And then that would help me disengage my brain because I would just imagine these things, these stories playing out in my head. And then next thing you know, I am in dreamland with the stories playing in my head. And the secret to sleep <clears throat> is the fact that you have to turn everything off. You have to turn off the most active part of your body, which is your brain. And for me, my brain is very, very active. It's always very crowded up in there. I have to clear out the inventory in my brain before I go to sleep. And the more stressed I am, then the more active my brain is. So some things that I've had to try, or some things that I've tried in my youth were actually picking apart music. So I would listen to music, but then I would try to isolate instruments in that song. And sometimes I would use classical or more calm music and then I would just try to pick out one instrument and just listen to that one instrument and eventually my brain will get tired and just fall asleep. When I was in college I would try to do derivatives or advanced calculus in my head and see how long how far I can take the equation before I can't do it anymore and if I lose track of all the variables then I will start another equation and of course my brain would get tired but at least it was so focused on that equation that I couldn't think about the things that are stressing me out now for those of you who are listening to this who hate math you're probably gonna be like well yeah I think trying to do advanced calculus in my head would stress me out and keep me up even more However, there's no emotional connection to these equations. I'm not trying to solve the world's problems. They were just random equations. And I wanted to exercise <clears throat> that part of my brain and get used to doing these equations. So that when I had to um, do them at, at school, it would be <laughs> a no-brainer because I was already used to the steps. 
So one, my brain, I wasn't really emotionally invested in it. So it wasn't gonna stress me out. It was just busy work. It was just busy work for my brain to distract it from the th things that I'm stressed out about. So fast forward to today, what do I do to fall asleep today? Yes, I still read bedtime stories. So one, I have to actively read and I like to use um, an ebook or uh, something with e-ink on it so that there's no light actually coming from the device. It's not an active light. So I have a Kindle, a normal Kindle, and I have a Kindle e-reader with backlight on it. So that's the first thing. I try not to read it off an iPad or an iPhone because the light does keep me up. Um, and the stories, I said it, this was going to be about bedtime stories. So the types of stories that I read, <clears throat> I've noticed there's th three different kinds of stories. One is not stories, but there are three different kinds of reading material you can get into when you're about to fall asleep. One is very informational, almost textbook-esque. And those te textbook type materials can either tire your brain into making you fall asleep or they can be so over your head that they don't even engage your brain. Remember, what we're trying to do is take our mind on a journey so that <clears throat> um, we can let go of a train of thought that we are trying to control. So if the story doesn't engage you or the reading material doesn't engage you, then you won't be able to trick your brain into falling asleep. You won't be able to take your mind on the journey that will basically make it coast into sleep. So it's like a paper airplane. You have to grip the paper airplane first to be able to give it that momentum. And then you let go and then it just sits there and it just floats and next thing you know you're asleep. It's kind of like EDM. For those of you who don't know what EDM is, that's electro dance music where you it grips you. It's like ta 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 and then it just goes push and it just lets you coast. And then all the emotions and euphoria that you feel are coming directly from you. It's not coming from the music anymore until it starts back up into that very light melody and back to that build again. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to simulate that build up into that coasting where your brain gets disengaged and next thing you know, you are asleep. So one of the things that does that for me the most are novels. So stories that are engaging enough to get me to imagine scenes in my head, but not enough to keep me engaged because I am working hard to paint the pictures in my head. So Tolkien, so Lord of the Rings sometimes gets difficult because my, my brain is working so hard to imagine the scenery but sometimes that actually helps because I am imagining the scenery and what happens is as I am 
placing this elegant sword in Aragorn's hands or look trying to imagine what Frodo is seeing uh, as he's walking through the woods or watching a battle happen as I'm piecing those pieces together what happens is that my eyes close and that I am still imagining the scenery even though I am not actively reading it so my mind actually takes over my subconscious takes over the story <clears throat> and it continues to play the story out disengaged from the the book so one tactic that I use for those of you insomniacs out there one find a story that is easily followed the Star Wars books are really awesome for this so if you look up um, the Star Wars novels by Timothy Zahn he's he was one of the first Star Wars authors Timothy Zahn Z-A-H-N look up those books and they're very very descriptive it almost looks like you're watching a movie and the trick when reading a, a bedtime story or reading a book or a novel to sleep is allowing your brain to slowly take over the story so what I actually do is I read a page and then I will close my eyes and slowly start to close my eyes more as I'm reading so I will read and I will pause and close my eyes and try to imagine the scene and then I will read a little bit more maybe a paragraph or two or finish up a dialogue and then close my eyes and what ends up happening and I see this all the time every night is the story will continue in my head and then I open my eyes and I realize that half of that stuff didn't happen 90% of what I imagined wasn't actually read it wasn't actually part of the book and that is when I know it is time to put the book down close it because my subconscious has successfully taken over the story and I don't know if I had just jumped start myself into a dream but uh, that is another way of being able to somewhat control your dreams because now I'm dreaming about Star Wars and whatever else it is that you want to dream about so this week I am reading The Gang That Couldn't Shoot Straight. It is also very descriptive. It jumps from character to character. So there's a lot of points for my brain to engage and disengage. And it's been doing quite a good job. I was trying to read the Father Brown novels before that. And the Father Brown novels takes a little bit of time. G.K. Chesterton's uh, style of writing is very intricate it's one it's beautiful because it's very descriptive but it's also difficult because he uses difficult words in those descriptions and it's not just descriptive as in you're painting the picture with the descriptions it's descriptive as in he's using words that you don't usually it's not easy to decipher what he's trying to say it's very figurative he uses a lot of 
similes, metaphors, and there's details hidden in the stories because the Father Brown mysteries are whodunits or why whodunits types of stories. And so you want to pay attention to make sure you don't miss any details so you can solve the murder or you can solve the mystery that Father Brown is trying to unravel. The contrast to that is the Ingersoll Lockwood books. Now these were written in the 1800s, so much earlier than G.K. Chesterton, much more flowery images, or much more, yeah, flowery images in the wording. However, the flowery images are just Old English. It's easy to kind of decipher what the story is doing and the fact that you're looking at old English type pictures in your mind, it creates, it makes your, your brain work hard to paint those images, but the images are vivid in your mind because that's what the words are trying to do, is paint very ornate imagery. And that, I guess, is bedtime stories for me. And if you want to translate that to your kids, that's how I tell bedtime stories. When I have to make up a bedtime story, it's not as much about the content of the story as it is in the way that I deliver the story. So the first part of the bedtime story is very engaging. A lot of energy where you're talking like this and a lot of emotion. And I even try to, to make the kids laugh because when I try to make the kids laugh or I engage them in the first part of the bedtime story, then they're not thinking about all the excuses not to go to bed. They're not thinking about wanting to tell mommy something. They're not thinking about wanting a drink of water or, oh, I need to put my, my dolls to sleep. They're not thinking about those things when they're engaged in the story. So I make it very, very exciting. And then I start to increase the spaces between the words. And I start to slow down the way that I tell the story. If you're reading a bedtime story book, this is also a great technique to get your child to start engaging in the story and then slowly start to let go and have their brains paint the rest of the imagery. And so the way that I said those last few sentences was an illustration and the longer you go, the farther apart the words get to the point where it becomes uncomfortable for you to sit there and wait. But the more you do it, the easier it is to, to do because you just get used to sitting there and waiting. Half the time I fall asleep with the kids because during the times where I am waiting to say the next sentence or the next word, the story had carried on in my own brain and next thing you know I am either laying down with one of the kids with a cramp in my neck or laying down on the floor in the middle of the room of the kids room 
with a cramp in my neck. Either way, I have to get up and walk back to our bed and fall asleep because the bedtime story was that amazing. All right, so there you go. One of the tools that is uh, we have at our disposal as parents and something that was on Zoe's good daddy list, what it, makes, what it takes to be a good daddy, a good mommy with bedtime stories. And hopefully today's fatherhood experience has given you some tips on putting yourself to sleep if you have a very active mind and are an insomniac. And also I hope it's given you some tips in telling bedtime stories, whether you're reading it from a book or whether you're making it up from your mind. And if you can, try to use stories from your childhood, pleasant stories from your childhood, where you, your parents, your grandparents had had to make sacrifices to get you guys to where you are. So there you go. Thank you very much for joining me today in my fatherhood experience.